0: I feel with an introduction like that, I should do a little dance or something and uh, illustrate joy. I've never been a good dancer. And Susan's saying, no, don't. she going, don't, don't do. It. I'm not going to. Um, this morning, we're talking about the locked room. And uh, I've had a, a really fascinating week looking at this and I want to share some of my thoughts with you. But first of all, Kat's going to read the particular scripture to us. We've discovered this microphone works better if somebody holds it rather than stuck in the stand. So, put your books down, there we go. The difficulty is holding the microphone and reading your Bible at the same time. But I think we're going to get there. Thanks, Kat. Thank
1: you. Good morning. Um, So I'm reading from John chapter 20, and that's verses 19 to 29. Jesus appears to his disciples. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed.
0: Thank you. That's, um, it's a great story, isn't it? And and I really do believe that John's written it, not just as a diary, but as a message for each one of us. There's lots in there that is relevant to us. But it's also a a story that is, we don't really, I wonder what the disciples thought was going to happen. So I've got a little tune here, I think, it'll come up, we have to switch the live feed off for one minute, and then, because otherwise we're breaking the rules or something or other. How many of you watched the programmes? Yeah, they're still on, they are, they look a bit dated now though, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I think some of our dancers must have been on that earlier on, you know, the ones we had last week who were doing the, the, the thing, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tales of the Unexpected, and I love them because it was one of those where you watch it and then it always had an unusual twist at the end, didn't it? And you, you never knew what was coming. Uh, when you watch it now, it's really dated, but it still has the same sort of twist at the end. So I think the story about the locked room is a bit like a Tales of the Unexpected, because we didn't know what was going to happen. When you start reading the story, you have no idea what was going to happen. The disciples really had no idea what was going to happen. They were in their room and they locked the door. Why did they lock the door? Because they were afraid. Has anybody here ever been afraid at any time in their lives? Yeah? I'm not going to, I'm not going to interview you because we'll be here all day, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I, my grandmother was always afraid when there was a thunderstorm. She used to hide under the kitchen table. Anybody else do that? No? But she used to hide under the kitchen table. I, I was thinking in my life when I've been ever afraid. There's one time I can honestly say in recent years I was afraid. And it was, we were coming back from Southampton in the car and we're driving along in the middle lane and all the traffic was down to 50 miles an hour because there was road works. And it came up on the screen, gearbox failure. In the middle lane, loads and loads of traffic. And the car just stopped. And I'll tell you, I was fearful. Because when I looked in the mirror, I could see these lorries coming up behind me. Lorries tooting the horns on each side of us. We couldn't get out the car. There was Susan, myself and Emily. Uh, there was just no way we'd get out the car. And I was Fearful. And uh, eventually, there were some guys working at the side of the road with a high visibility jacket on. They stopped the traffic so we could get out the car. But the car, because it was an automatic, the handbrake locked on. So they couldn't push it or anything. So we had to get out the car and stand on the side of the road, watching these lorries come up, thinking, this might be the last we ever see of this car. <laughs> and all our goods were in the back of it. And I honestly say, I was fearful at that time, the good news is eventually they came and uh, the tow truck came and took us home. And the gearbox cost a thousand quid to get repaired, and uh, the car lasted about another six months and then got scrapped. So that was <laughs> that was the end of it. But I was I was more worried about us than the car to be honest, because a car's only a hunk of metal, isn't it really? At the end of the day, so I was fearful. The disciples were fearful. They were in that room. They were fearful because they thought. Jesus has been killed by these bunch of Jews and now they could come and get us. So they were fearful. Now I've got a few questions. We've answered why they were afraid. They were afraid because they were fearful they were going to get killed themselves. Because they might have been spotted and said, Are oh, you were with Jesus? You're another one of them and we'll, we'll get you. And the and question I've got is I wonder what they were talking about what do you think they were talking about in that room well i'm sure they'd have been talking about what had happened the previous days maybe they were talking about what jesus had said to them maybe as they were talking i'm sure they were talking about what mary and uh, and and uh, peter and john had told them about the story from the tomb uh, maybe they were saying well where's this going to lead what happens next i'm sure that was the big question isn't it well jesus has died and Mary and uh, Peter and John have have told us that he's, he's not in the tomb, he's not there, what happens next? What do you think could happen? Maybe it's the thought the next thing would be Jesus would appear on the throne of Israel and be, you know, if it was so spectacular. They mustn't have thought Jesus was going to get there because they locked the door, didn't they? And yet Jesus did appear to them. What was going through their heads? what was going through their minds it was really a tale of unexpected because they didn't know what was going to happen maybe they were thinking about those words that jesus was said on the third day i'll rise but what does that mean to them what how does that all equate how does that fit in with their thinking did they for a minute think that jesus would appear there that day to meet them i don't know what were they thinking as there was there. what would you be thinking if you were in that situation what would you think about what Jesus had said how it would come about and what it would lead to they probably had several theories maybe if they thought Jesus was going to rule I don't know what their theories would be I just can't imagine but then we hear that Jesus appears amongst them he's just there and how would you feel about that? Even though Jesus had said he was going to come back, he's there. He's there. So they'll turn to Mary and uh, Peter. Sorry, they'll turn to Peter and John and say, Yes, yeah, he's here. He's here." But the first thing that Jesus says to them is, "Peace be with you. Don't be fearful. Peace be with you." Uh, you see, Jesus knew that they would be frightened, and he says to them. Peace be with you. I would be frightened in that situation. I'd be thinking, what's going on here? The door's locked. How did Jesus get in? Well, How has it all happened? Surely he did die. Surely he's back here. What's going on here? And he says, peace be with you. He knew they were fearful. And appearing to them would probably only increase their fear, if anything. And then he showed them his hands and his side. And again he says, peace be with you. Now, the disciples were overjoyed when they saw Jesus. And then the, Jesus said these words, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And they would be puzzled by that. What, what does that mean? As, Jesus, as, as God has sent Jesus to earth, I am going to send you. Well, where is he sending us to? Is he sending us outside? Is he sending us to the shop? Where Where is he sending us to? Where is he sending? What does, those, what, what does those words mean? They'd be puzzled as you and I would be. And then he said a strange thing. He did a strange thing. He breathed on them. Well, he'd be breathing on them all the time, wouldn't he, if his body was breathing. You and I are breathing on each other now. If we sit next to somebody, we're breathing more closely to somebody than anybody else. But he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when we read the Bible, if we read a bit further on, we've got the Pentecost, don't we, in a few weeks' time, a little while, and and then we we know from Pentecost that's when the church received the Holy Spirit. So what's this about? When the Holy Spirit, when Jesus says, receive the Holy Spirit. Well, it's a bit of a mystery and lots of theologians have discussed it and said, well, was that the promise of the Holy Spirit coming or did they actually receive the Holy Spirit? Because things changed when after Pentecost, they had fresh courage to go out and do things and, and preach the word. And it's just amazing, isn't it, that it sounds confusing, uh, that Jesus was being given the power to the disciples. But he says, he, so he puts a bit of a cursor on the end of the Holy Spirit. He says, if you forgive other people's sins, they will be forgiven. And if, they, if you don't forgive them, they won't be forgiven. So I think what Jesus was saying there, and, and again, a lot of discussion is about that, is that, As Christians, we happen to be judgmental on other people. And if Jesus can forgive sins, why can't we forgive sins? If we don't forgive other people, how can we expect ourselves to be forgiven? Um, And so he was was saying there that we've got to accept people uh, as they are. Uh, There was a little clip on um, uh, I saw on on, on something, whether it was Facebook or something else, where uh, there was a church and... uh, that they had a new pastor, and the pastor was preaching and saying, you know, we've got to be welcoming in this church. And the girl came in who was dressed like perhaps a girl of ill repute might be, whatever that happens to be. And uh, she sat at the back of the church, and people moved away from her. And the pastor came and he said, what sort of church are you when somebody comes in and you move away and you don't accept people who come in for who they are? Uh, and, he, he, uh, and on this little clip, he draws a line on the floor. And he says, I want everybody who's without sin to step over this line. And of course, nobody stepped over. And the people got the message and went up and welcomed this girl into the church. So I think there's an element there of Jesus saying, you know, we're all sinners. We're all, we've all done things wrong. We've all got to be welcoming and forgiven to other people. If we want forgiveness ourselves, we've got to be ready to forgive other people. And then the story moves on, and and I really love this bit about um, Doubting Thomas. He's he's got this nickname now, hasn't he? He's he's been branded, he's forever going to be known as Doubting Thomas. And yet, when you look at him, we should all have our name Doubting Susan, Doubting John, Doubting Tim, Doubting Sean. Because if we're honest... We all have times when we doubt, don't we? We all have moments when we get up and think, have I just been hoodwinked by this Christian thing? Or is it real? Are we doubting what's going on? And I love how Jesus knew straight away when he saw Thomas. When he saw Thomas a few days after the, the first meeting, he said, Thomas, come here. Come here. Look at my hands. Look at my hands, Thomas. Put your hand in my side. And, and, you know, to be fair to Thomas, I think he hadn't been with the disciples. It was an amazing thing that the disciples in the room had seen. And Thomas hadn't been there. I would have doubted. I would have said, well, I want to see the evidence as well. It's all right for you guys. You've already seen all the evidence. But what about me? Can I see the evidence as well? And Jesus knew his doubt. He knew who he was. And he went straight away and said to Thomas, come and see. And Thomas believed when he saw the evidence. And Jesus adds those words, doesn't he? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, each one of us here have not been in that room with Jesus. Each one of us here have not touched Jesus' hands or touched his side, and yet we believe. So we're more blessed, aren't we? Yeah? Do you think so, Louis? Are we more blessed? We should be, because we've seen Uh, We believed and we haven't seen. And I just want us this morning to think a bit about Jesus appearing to them. Because, isn't it, when you think about it, how come when he appeared, the evidence of the crucifixion was just his hands and his side? Because when we see those horrible, horrible. tears and pictures of where a crown was pushed the thorns was pushed on his head we see the blood running down we see how he was whipped and his body was uh, torn to bits why why wasn't his body like that when he came to see the disciples why was the only evidence and it's enough evidence of the 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 hand the scars in his hands and the wound why was that all that was displayed because his body had been restored, he was breathing, uh, his brain was working, um, he had this amazing quality where he could walk through walls, which a normal human body wouldn't have, but he managed to get in there amongst them. And uh, and then he ascended into the clouds, which most of us can't do normally in our bodies. <laughs> uh, he had those human features and it showed the human features were he showed the scars. His hands, his feet, and side bore the marks of the nails and the spear, even though the rest of his body appears to have been made perfectly whole. Some of us go through life with scars. Some of us have physical scars. Susan you might not realise this, has a scar on her eye that I caused. Because not in anger I really hastened to add. I threw a cricket ball at her. <laughs> and uh, she's not very good at catching, I have to say. And uh, she didn't catch it and it hit her in her face and she had her glasses on and the glasses cut her eyes. And uh, she's got another scar in her, on her, her finger. Where when she was young... She had long, long hair, and she went to the butchers with her mum. And her mum uh, and the butcher used to joke with her and said, I'm going to cut your long hair off. And he took out his butcher's knife, and he went as if to cut her hair. And she put her hand up, and he gashed her finger. <laughs> so she has another scar. So there we go. Is that, is that bloody enough for you this morning? <laughs> yeah? And so she has scars, and I'm sure all of us have scars, some of them caused by accidents, some of them caused by foolishness, because the one with the butchers was definitely foolishness. Why a butcher would raise a knife to a young child uh, is debatable. Um, but some of us have scars that on our bodies that show what we've been through, and, and Jesus' scars showed what he had been through on, on the cross. Some of us have scars that aren't visible to other people. Some of us have scars internally where people have hurt us. And we carry that scar. And, 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 and it's sometimes hard to get rid of those hurtful scars, isn't it? Sometimes they're more painful and less easy to, uh, to forget about than the scars we have. Most of you didn't know that Susan had a cut through her eye you probably never got that close enough to it. You'll all go up to it now and say, can we see your scar? <laughs> uh, but some of us have scars that we carry with us and sometimes we carry those scars with us all of our lives. I'm just going to ask the band now to come up. And I've still got a little bit to say, but the band, come up please. When we look back on our lives, we probably carry scars with us for years. Some of them we deserve because we've been foolish. Some of them we don't deserve at all because uh, people have been unkind to us and hurt us. But you know, there's no reason to be ashamed of those things. No reason to hide them because they're living proof that God is working in you. Jesus showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And as I said earlier, I don't think this story was just for the disciples. I think this story is for each one of us. Because today that story says to us that Jesus has a message for each one of us. I'm going to put a picture up now there of uh, of a picture of someone with scars on their hands. And I really believe this morning that Jesus is saying to each one of us, every single one of us here, look these are my hands. These are the scars that I bore for you. By my wounds you are healed. Each one of us here can be healed by the wounds of Jesus. And and then we've got to take notice of the words he said to the disciples. Just as God sent me me to you. I am sending you out. We've been talking about this for the last few weeks, haven't we? About being lights and how we can change the community. We can change the community because we go out by God's grace. And he says, he breathed on them and filled them with the Holy Spirit. And each one of us can receive that breath of God when we invite the Holy Spirit to come and be amongst us in reality we're pretty weak and useless without the power of the holy spirit without god moving in us when we let god move in us we can be amazingly different we can be the most powerful people on earth if we allow god's spirit to move in us and the reality is we don't always do that do we 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 come across something and we're frightened We think about the past. We think, well, I can't do this. But we just have to say, God, fill us with your spirit. Empower us and we can go out. So those hands weren't just held out to prove to the disciples what he'd done. They held out to each one of us to show us that God loves us so much that he sent his son to die that agonizing death. And that's the message we have for other people. We're to show people God's hands, we're to show people what God's done in our lives. And this morning, if you're watching at home or you're listening here today, which is great to see you all, perhaps you've just thought, well, I'm not doing as much as I could be. I'm not really being filled by the Holy Spirit. I've never, maybe some of you have never invited the Holy Spirit to be in your life at all. This morning's an opportunity to do that, to be empowered, to be sent out. I'm going to ask Karina, she'll come and join me up here now, and we, we're just going to pray over everyone together. And uh, It's really good that Jesus holds his hands out to each one of us. He invites us to be his disciples, he invites us to follow him.
2: Yes, Lord, anyone who doesn't know you today, Lord, we pray that they will step forward and ask to know you.
0: Amen.
2: Lord, when your Holy Spirit dwells within us, Father, we know you in a deeper way, Amen. and we pray for everyone here that they will get to know you in a deeper way today, Father. And anyone watching online, anyone at home, anyone who needs to talk about so knowing you in a deeper way, will come and speak to one of the leaders here this morning. Lord, we just cry out, Father, for a fresh touch of your Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. And Lord, we want everyone to know you. We know that Jesus has a message for everyone. And when we know him deeper, in a deeper way, we can take his life into the darkness and constrain his life where you need to be. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: I want to pray for anyone who's got any hurt inside them that's been there for a long time. Uh, please do come to the front, Carina, myself or anyone you choose would we'll be happy to pray with you that you just find freedom from scars that might have been holding you back for a long, long time. Father, bring freedom into this place by your Spirit. We invite you, Lord, to do that.